0: Oh, and that's a brilliant effort. And they've turned it right around.
1: Everyone uh, to Dowry, your weekly Saudi football podcast, your home of the SPL, if you will. Uh, and after an international break, which finally saw success for Roberto Mancini in the qualifiers for the 2026 World Cup, alongside me, as ever, is our new sports editor to discuss Saudi's two victories uh, and to look forward to the weekend's league action back after an absence of two weeks. Also coming up, we've got Khalid al-Arafah, who gives us his latest dispatch from Riyadh. But before we look back on this week's action, Ali, this week saw a very special anniversary, one of Saudi Arabia's greatest football nights, if not greatest nights of all time.
0: Yes. Hi, Peter. Good to be back. Absolutely, Peter. So Wednesday, November twenty second, was one year one year exactly to the day since mm. Saudi Arabia beat Argentina two one at the twenty twenty two World Cup. Um, I mean, what a night that was! Uh, you know, we've talked about it so much since, uh, but you know, you know, looking back on it, you know, I watched the goals again, watch a bit a few highlights. It's it, it's easy to forget, you know, with all the praise and you know the legend that's grown around that match. You know, at halftime. You know, Saudi were trailing one nil to Messi's penalty, and it, it was a bit, you know, that downbeat. You know, as they as they walked off, of course, uh, you know, you couldn't have imagined at halftime that you know that they would, you know, stage a famous comeback at all. You know, I think if anything, everyone thought, right, Argentina would go on maybe score a couple more or more goals. But you know, Herbert Renard's now famous team talk. You know, we saw it on uh, social media since uh, uh, around that time, I should say. Um, you know, did the, the, the trick. Uh, they were transformed the second half. Two wonderful goals by Saleh Shehri and, uh, and that amazing winner by Salim Medosri, you know, secured the famous win over the eventual champions. Um, you know, listen, uh, Pete, I know we've, uh, I remember speaking to Paul Williams, who was there and others uh, who were there at the Sale Stadium that they say what an incredible atmosphere it was. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing I've said uh, a few times since since the World Cup in Qatar is that what was fantastic to see was that so many Arab fans was there. This was the first time that there were like Arab fans, you know, in mass numbers, you know, at uh, at the World Cup. Usually, you know, said previously, uh, you know, fans would travel to Europe or South America, but in small numbers. This was the first time that you know, like a stadium. Yes, there were many Argentinians, many many Argentinians fans, but it was a full stadium, packed and a lot of support. Uh, at LaSalle Stadium that day for, for Saudi Arabia. You know, when the goals went in, you know, an almighty roar would would go up. Um, and again, like as our friend Paul Williams mentioned many times, he was there because one of the best atmospheres he's ever experienced. So that was one of the, for me, that was one of the highlights of the World Cup in Qatar that, you know, Arab teams were playing in front of like predominantly Arab crowds who were like showing incredible support. And, you know, that had never happened in the World Cup before.
1: No, it hadn't. And it brought up, you just, said it beautifully there ali i have to say but it, it brought somewhat of a, an identity to arab yeah. world and football and 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 the world stage because it, it had its own unique stamp whereby you see european cultures you know they they're, they're, they're very siege mentality that they're, they're looking after their own team their own country the arab nations embraced all the arab teams it was a case of they wanted to see all of them win and that's what we're looking for in football that was, um, t-
0: a great, great point, Peter. A really good point. In that, look, I mean, Qatar themselves didn't play well at all, but fans, you know, would you know, yep. you know, put their support behind the other Arab teams in the in the second round. And because of like such diverse, uh, you know, communities in 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 Doha from lots of different uh, Arab nations, it, it was fantastic. You know, Tunisia, Morocco, uh, obviously Saudi Arabia, and Qatar themselves. You know, they all got like a, a incredible support. It was great to see.
1: Absolutely. You mentioned that famous speech at half time. I wonder if Roberto Mancini's had a look at that. Um, but moving on to the present, Ali, you know, he started as, as coach of the Saudi national team. We wouldn't call it exactly encouraging three losses and a draw from four friendlies. But when it came to the serious business, which is what he will be judged on, the coach and the team delivered yes
0: uh yes they did uh two wins and a maximum of six points from the opening two World Cup qualifiers job done Peter you know look I mean I mean, you know people might uh, look back and say not the most difficult of matches but you know uh, they can only you know perform uh, in front of whoever is playing against them and they did they really did uh, do a good job our man Khaled Al Arafa was uh you know was keeping an eye on the, the Green Falcons squad before them uh, before the matches Uh, He's been giving us all the details of the injuries and and the additions, how the the squad was obviously very, very uh, inexperienced uh, compared to previous uh, squads. And and some people criticized Mancini for it, but like I said, uh, when it came to the business, uh, the serious business they've delivered. And we spoke to Khaled earlier about it.
2: Hi, Ali. Hi, Peter. How are you guys? Let me give you a short brief of the two matches that Saudi Arabia played during uh, these FIFA days that just ended. They played the first match against Pakistan. It was on the 16th of November here in Saudi Arabia, Al Ahsa. Uh, They won uh, 4 0. Uh, Goals came by Salah Shahri, two goals. Abdul Rahman Gharib and Abdullah Radif, each one of them scored a goal. After that, the Saudis flew to Amman, Jordan. They play against the Jordanian national team and they won 2 0. Goals came by Salah Shahri. It looks like Salah Shahri uh, is doing a great job. Uh, Two matches. Four goals and still to come. Uh, It looks like as well uh, Mancini was right when he answered one of the journalists in the last conference. When he said, don't ask him about the new names. I'm watching the whole league, me and my staff. Are watching the whole league whoever gives us a hundred percent on the field we're gonna pick him now Ali the next uh, time that they're gonna gather uh, it's gonna be during the Asian Cup on the 16th of January the Asian Cup's gonna be this time in Qatar until then we're gonna keep on watching the league I will see if he's gonna pick new names or not uh, Ali I'll get back to you after the next round uh, of the Saudi Russian League it's gonna be the 14th uh, round I'll get back to you after that and We'll see. Back to you, Ali.
0: Thank you, Khalid, as always. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, as, as he said, mentions there, the first win over Pakistan, well, it was, it was expected, Peter, you know, or, or at the very least, it was demanded, you know, just expected. Uh, and anything less than a comfortable victory there would have been unacceptable to the fans, really. Uh, in the end, it was comfortable. Thanks to Al-Shahri, who we just mentioned, scored the equalizer against Argentina uh, exactly a year ago. Uh, he scored twice uh, in, in a bit of a rainstorm in the second half there, you know. But, uh, yeah, in the end, 4-0 against Pakistan, expected and delivered. Uh, the second match against Jordan Amman was always going to be a far bigger test. I mean, Jordan uh, Amman is not an easy place to go to. Jordan are a decent team, uh, you know. Uh, but, uh, look, you know, the Saudi team is starting to take shape. Take shape. Uh, and, you know, I think with the confidence of that first match, those, all those goals they scored um, uh, against Pakistan, uh, they went into the match against Jordan pretty confident and were 2-0 up by, uh, after half an hour, you know. Again, al Shehri scoring twice. Uh, and, you know, Jordan came back. There's a bit of pressure from the home team, a few chances. But they held out for the three points. They are total control of Group G now, you know, six points from, uh, uh, from their two matches. Tajikistan... Uh, beat the Pakistan our second now with four points Jordan only have that one point and Pakistan are bottom with no points look we've spoke a lot about the lack of firepower for Saudi Arabia in in, in Mancini's uh, uh, first friendlies and before that as well you know say so we, we've said a lot of Saudi forwards are not getting the opportunities in the SPL with all the influx of foreign players uh, but look Al-Shahri has uh, uh, certainly made the most of his chance you know and he could just be the answer for Mancini going into the AFC Asian Cup in in January. We'll we'll wait and see how that goes.
1: Sticking to our international theme, we welcome for the first time Pedro Correa, Middle East based Portuguese football journalist and commentator. Hi, Pedro. Great to see you.
3: Hi, Georgie. How are you doing?
1: Very well. Uh, great. Great to have you,
3: Pedro. It is um,
0: Ali here. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know we've been following uh, you for years now you know i've been in touch you know but it's the first time we've had you on the show so um uh just quickly tell us uh, you you do uh, uh mostly UAE uh um pro league but you've also worked in, in Saudi before as well yeah
3: yeah, uh, hi, Ali. First of all, thank you for for having me. Um, yeah, especially last season, um, we were doing some Portuguese coverage of the uh, Ronaldo's matches, Al Nasser matches in the in this case, uh, and I was mostly cooperating with them on that. Um, but mostly my work involves the UA Pro League, uh, English commentary, English analysis, both studio and an English highlights program. So that's uh, the main part of my job. But yes, I'm also following following, of course, the Saudi Pro League.
0: Yeah, well, as you can imagine, we're going to be uh, asking you a lot about uh, Cristiano. Uh, Pedro, look, I mean, when, when Cristiano joined uh, Al Nasser at the end of last year, a lot of people said, all right, you know, he's coming to the end of his career and all that. But it's turned out to be a lot more than that, you know, on a personal level. But also he's changed the Saudi Pro League. Uh, how do you see his form? I mean, like, do you see that it's, this move has, given, has re-energized him? It's given him like another lease of life.
3: Yes, definitely, Ali, I agree with you. And you said there a word that is very important, uh, personal. Uh, His last six months of 2022 were probably his worst uh, six months of his entire career, senior career, at least the career we all know about. Um, The events leading to the World Cup. The World Cup itself was not uh, at his best, for sure. And uh, all the events leading to, to, to the World Cup, what happened in Manchester United, and I would say mostly, and many people disregard this, I don't, what happened to his personal life, the loss of a child is something that uh, we all have to to, to look at with uh, different eyes, I would say. Because even though I truly believe Cristiano Ronaldo is an exceptional human being, he's still a human being and that obviously took its toll. Now getting back to, to your question, it was a big surprise his move to Saudi, even though rumors were going around for some time. Um, and yes, it's it's a, a brand new life for him. It's a second life. We we can we can say his numbers right now are amazing, um, and I don't know when he will stop. Honestly, um, in Portugal was also somehow a surprise, um, but soon after people start looking at the the Saudi League with interest, and um, of course following Cristiano as ever. Uh, Pedro, I mean. Uh... <clears throat>
0: As you say, you know, his numbers are incredible. And, you know, this season, every time he goes back to uh, uh, to Portugal to play in the international place to play for his national team, he is very outspoken about the Saudi league and all that. But uh, So, I mean, we can get to that. But, you know, his performances for Portugal, again, you know, I've stayed at a very high level there. Once again, in this recent international break, he went and he scored again, you know, and, you know, he keeps adding to that uh, international record. So, I mean, again, how do people in Portugal, fans in Portugal, just looking at the national team, how do they see his performances? Is he worthy of still being the top guy uh, of uh, uh, in the Portuguese team?
3: Uh, there there are, of course, early discussions about that. Uh, it's football. We are uh, a football-loving country. We are very, we are very passionate about, about football. So there, there's lots of discussions. Of course, his numbers are impressive. And um, me personally, I still believe he can add to the team, obviously, uh, his presence uh, on the pitch, off the pitch, um, what he means in the overall for football and for Portuguese football. But the thing is, the paradigm has changed in a Portuguese national team. Um, Before, like if we go back to 2016, with all due respect for the other players, it was mostly Cristiano plus 10, even though we had all obviously good players back then. But nowadays, the paradigm is completely different. When you look at the squad and you see the likes of Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, João Felix, And I could go on and on and on and on, especially the attacking players and even some defenders, João Cancelo is amazing, Diogo Dalot, so many good players, Ruben Dias. The paradigm has changed. So nowadays, the Portuguese national team does not have to rely as much on Cristiano Ronaldo as they did before. Um, Because, again, we have these other players. And now this new coach is also bringing a different style of football, I would say more adequate to the reality we have right now. And uh, the team is performing at the highest level. I still believe Cristiano Ronaldo makes all sense, but now in a, in a different role, in a, in a role where he can also rely a bit on his teammates, uh, a lot more than, than before. And um, and he can still score his goals and, uh, and have his presence on the pitch for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, Port- the Euro, the Euros is not that far away. It's relatively close uh, next year, um, and you know, at the end of the last World Cup, a lot of people were talking about Cristiano and Messi and others. Like, is this the last World Cup four years and all that? But the Euros has come around pretty quickly, you know. So, and as we say, you know, he is still on. He's in great shape and he's still playing really well. How do you see Portugal's chances uh, in the
3: uh, in the Euros? I'm very optimistic about it Um, not only because we had as we all know a perfect record and the qualifiers but mostly because of the way we played again as I mentioned before and uh, I I know that this word in football does not make many sense for many people gratitude I have the utmost gratitude for the previous coach Fernando Santos. he did a great job but he, he did a great job in a different reality we had back then as I mentioned before nowadays with the players we have, we needed a different kind of football. And this different kind of football is showing up with this coach. So I'm very, very optimistic. Um, I, I don't know, of course, if we will win, even though I believe and I want uh, Portugal to win the, the Euro. Um, what, what I believe mostly is that for sure we'll have a great campaign because we are playing very beautiful football. Everyone is appreciating that. Uh, We only conceded two goals. I think we scored 36 or 38. I'm not sure. Um, So uh, it's all building up for, for, I believe, a great campaign in the Euro. Fantastic. Uh, Pedro, I mean, you mentioned earlier that
0: when you keep an eye on the Saudi League, or when you kept an eye on the Saudi League after Cristiano came, obviously for, for Portuguese coverage and all that, there are, you know, like the, uh, the, the Saudi league has has had quite a number of Portuguese players and Portuguese coaches, of course, you know. Uh, do you think, you know, with especially with Cristiano, of course, uh, that people in Portugal, people in Europe now look at the league in a slightly different way? I mean, do they see it's a, it gives it more credibility, a little bit more, you know, people appreciate the standard a little bit more than before?
3: No, definitely, definitely. Uh, the eyes turned a lot to, to, to the Saudi Pro League. I was already following somehow the, the Saudi League even before the arrival of Cristiano because every now and then I would cover uh, some matches um, uh, and, and and I saw good things already uh, in the in Saudi League. But of course, with the arrival of Cristiano first, uh, in the beginning of the year, and now with the arrival of all these players and coaches during the transfer window, the scenario has changed. And yes, people in Europe look at the Saudi Pro League uh, with a completely different eyes. Some of them have never seen a Saudi Pro League match before. And now, every now and then, they are watching matches. Um, of course, I still believe, in my opinion, there's still a long way to go. There's a lot to build up. Um, because this phenomenon of bringing uh, great players and, and great coaches, we saw, for example, Kind of the same. I would not say is exactly the same, but kind of the same with the Chinese league a few years ago. Even with the MLS, there was some kind of a bit of this phenomenon. I still believe that when you do this, then you need to do something else that is building the structures and the infrastructures. Uh, the proper coverage for example um, I think it's very important so there are other things uh, smaller details but very important details that need to be done for the league to to be there and stay there because the league now is there because of all this awareness brought by these big names but to stay there and and, and uh, to keep the fans engaged they will need to to, to do a little bit more I believe
0: excellent uh, Pedro I'm uh, not going to let you go without talking a little bit about the UAE uh, Pro League. Obviously, you said that's your uh, uh, your focus most of the time. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's been a good couple of years. I think there's been a little bit more of an interest uh, in uh, in, uh, in the UAE League, which I follow, of course, you know. Uh, and um, and I think also now with the Bento doing a good job at, with the UAE, a good start, shall we say, with the UAE national team, maybe... UAE football after a couple of years that was a little bit like uh, inconsistent, shall we say? Certainly with the national team, things are better. So Tell us a little bit about like how how you see the uh, the pro league at the moment.
3: Well, the, the, my beloved UAE Pro League, I've been here for for ten years following and, uh, and covering also for many years. Uh, yeah, the league has been improving. Um, For example, the fact of the resident players, this was, I believe, a good idea that we are starting to see uh the fruits of of this idea and not only at the league level itself uh, but also uh at the national team level um i think the overall level is improving we always have very entertaining matches uh even yesterday as we speak we had uh, bataya 3 sharja 3 so <laughs> a six goal thriller and this happens quite a lot um, I also believe uh, of course uh, uh, I'm, I would not be the best person to talk about it but it's my belief that the fact that we are covering all the matches in English so the English coverage has also increased hugely I think that is also bringing more and different people to the game which is important so I believe in the overall things are progressing of course uh, I would love things to progress even more we all would love but uh, but we are going I believe in the right direction in the overall Regarding the, um, the UA national team, uh, honestly, I'm very surprised um, with Paulo Bento's effect because I was expecting him to do this, to bring shape, uh, shape to the team, to bring uh, style, to bring organization, to bring tactical discipline, to bring a clear strategy in terms of build-up, in terms of the transitions. All those things I was expecting from him and they are happening. But honestly, I was not expecting this soon. I was not expecting that his, his uh, impact uh, on the team would be so quick and and so big. And even I feel the atmosphere is good. I yeah. even feel that. Of course, it's just a feeling, but but it's what I feel. I follow all the matches, and I feel that even the atmosphere among the players and the, between the players and the technical uh, staff is, is good. So all this is 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 adding to the possibility of having in mind that we'll have more teams in the world cup um, so the the chances of qualifying are obviously uh, statistically bigger i think we have all the, the possible ingredients for uh, eventually repeat the the history of uh, 1990 but I think this uh, upcoming Asian uh, um, Championship in, in January will be very, very important also uh, for, for the future. Because as we know, the national teams, it, it's different the recruitment. It's different from a club. Um, even though, again, with these resident players and all these possibilities that are opening up in the UAE, things are, are becoming different. And I would say different for better.
0: Excellent. Pedro, this is the part of the show at the end where Peter usually jumps in. We always do this for everyone and we put you on the, a bit on the spot. Pete, this, this week, I'm going to leave it to you, but not just the Saudi League, but the UAE League as well. Go for it.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. So, Pedro, we, we do put our guests on the spot. So, uh, you don't escape, I'm afraid. Um, so, and, and also, courtesy of Ali, that now means that you have a double, a double spot to entertain. So, we're going to ask you for your choices, your picks. Uh, for the titles for the SPL, the Saudi Pro League and the UAE Pro League this season. Who do you fancy?
3: Uh, Well, in the SPL, uh, I would like Al Nasser to to win because of Cristiano. (laughs) But honestly, I think uh, Alilal is in a better shape. Even though they lost Neymar for a long period of time, I look at them in a better shape. But I think Al Nasser will, in any case, be a great competitor. When it comes to the UAE Pro League, um, I'm a little bit divided in between Al-Wassel and Shabab al Ahli. Um, Al Wasl has been, uh, I would say, the team that has impressed the most over these first uh, seven rounds. Um, now coming into round eight, uh, but Shabab Al Ahli has been the most uh, stable team, uh, the most effective team, I would say, most efficient team. Uh, uh, so I'm a little bit uh, divided on that. I will go slightly more with Al Wasl, honestly, but I think in between these two, we might, we might have the champion.
0: Absolutely Pedro, fantastic. Pedro, brilliant stuff. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
3: Thank you, guys, for having me anytime. Thank you.
1: Okay, Ali, back to domestic matters. What we, what have we got to look forward to this weekend?
3: Well, Al
0: Nasser, as we, we've been saying over the last few weeks, have been brilliant uh, after a rocky start to the season. And I expect uh, Cristiano, Sadio Mane and the brilliant Aliska to comfortably beat uh, Luchdud. Uh, likewise, uh, Ta'awun uh, uh, st- are still in fourth. You know, we, they are favorites of the show. You know, we do like them. We keep an eye on them. They are still in fourth. I expect them to get three points against Riyadh. Uh, but one of the more intriguing matches we'll see: Etifak, uh host champions Etihad. You know, uh, who have just appointed the Argentine Gallardo as their new coach. It hasn't been the best of time for either club. You know, Steven Gerrard's really uh, Steven team struggling for goals. You know, the last two games have been nilned. Uh, both like uh, nil-nil draws and not very exciting nil-nil draws. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and um, Al Ahly, as we mentioned many times, have been inconsistent in both the SPL and the Champions League. Although the last, uh, obviously, the last SPL match was a win. Uh, so look, you know, both not at their most confident could make for an exciting clash, or you know. Could it be another nil-nil for Etifak? You know, we know who knows. Nope, you nope. know, it's uh, you know, like um, I've um, yeah. We hope not. I think there's uh, um, it, it, there's been so many exciting matches this season. You know, I think a lot of the players that have been signed have delivered. The big name signings have delivered, so we'll hope for more of that. Yes, Etifak are missing uh, uh, Musa Dembele, hence why they, they're finding it so hard to get those goals. But uh, yeah, we'll we we'll that, that should, could be the game of the, the round. Uh, leaders Al-Hilal should win at Hazem Um, you know I think they and second place Al Nasser increasingly look like making it a two horse race in the SPL
1: interestingly Ali I've been doing my research I went back to episode 1 and 2 uh, of our beloved Dowry podcast, had a listen through uh, just for some info and some. Uh, I wanted to bring up uh, with you today. Uh, let it be said that you, you earn your corn as a sports editor because in episode two you did predict this. You did say that if if the leading teams got away, it will become in your prediction, in your eyes, a, a two-horse race, uh, and that is coming to the forefront.
0: Yes, uh, it's. Um, I mean, look. As much as we wanted. As many, uh, you know, uh, teams at the top of the table, you know, Al-Ahli obviously, uh, you know, had a good start. You know, Etifak had a good start. And, you know, we are very excited to see Al-Tawan up there in the top four and all that. The the gap between the top two and the rest is starting to, you know, starting to get bigger, you know. Uh, Obviously, Al-Hilal are still four points ahead of uh, uh, Al-Nasser in second, but those two look so much better than everyone at the moment. And that gap between Al-Nasser and the rest I can, you know, we do expect it to get a little bit bigger, as you mentioned.
1: There you go. You got it from the expert's mouth, uh, the one and only sports editor of Arab News, Ali Khaled. That's it for another episode of Dowry. As I say every week, whoever your team is, we wish you all the best on Dowry, the home of the SPL, our Arab News podcast. See you again on the next episode.